It's the Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. So I, I, I went to, uh, you know, Music Box. They're doing the, the hip-hop movies. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching a lot of hip-hop movies. Between that and Criterion, the hip-hop movies on there. Uh, so I went to see Wild Style the other night at Music Box with my old buddy Herb Rosen. And get ready for this, guys. Are you ready? Yeah. I bought We're popcorn. Ready. I bought popcorn. <laughs> I bought... We sat in the front row. I got a couple of beers, and I said, I'm going to get a popcorn. Got a popcorn. And meat. And, uh, well, well, why? Well, what, what, what motivated you? Were you on mushrooms again? No, I wasn't on mushrooms. I, I'd been drinking. Uh, but, you know, I, I also wasn't there by myself. One. Two... It was wild style. Three, it was loud in the theater. They, they cranked it up. And and so I was like, I'm going to get some popcorn. Now, here's the thing. When I ate popcorn, I couldn't hear anybody else eating popcorn. Oh. See, you see? So I'm thinking I should eat popcorn at every movie. Right? Gabe, is, how do you feel about this? Uh... It's very distracting eating popcorn or listening to somebody else eat popcorn because you lose track of what's going on in the movie. What the fuck? <laughs> the sound of the crunching in your mouth in your head, in your head is loud. It, 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 I thought if anybody would be like, yeah, goddamn straight, you got some popcorn. Wait, Ben, right? Isn't he the guy who always defends yeah. his right yeah, to I, popcorn? But he's also not a movie guy. He's he's looking for anything to distract him from what's going on on screen. So he's happy to have that in his mind. I just I'm against the idea of a ten dollar bucket of popcorn. Oh, I'm a, I'm against popcorn. <laughs> I'd like a, I'd like him to have a microwave right there. You can bring your own bag and pop it and take it with you. That's what did I'd you say. shake it, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> I did not shake it. I didn't shake it. But someone was sitting next to us, and I noticed halfway through the movie they got up and left. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But I couldn't tell if it was because of the popcorn or because we were, like, you know, bopping our head to Fab Five Freddy. Did you share the popcorn with Herb? That was kind of the whole point. I went to get—I basically got popcorn for Herb. I didn't get it for me, but I, I, I did it imbibe in the popcorn. You inhaled. Yes, I did. I thought you were going to be on my side with this game. I thought you were going to be like, Scott's a new man. No, it's, it's, just, it's just popcorn. It's not a big deal. You crossed, you crossed over to the land of the rest of us that eat popcorn during movies. It's not a big deal. I'm, I'm already regretting bringing this up. Yeah. <laughs> Who do we have on the show, Gabe? <laughs> <laughs> Who do we have already? You're asking? Yeah. Jennifer Reader. Who, who's Jennifer Reader, you ask? Who's Jennifer Reader, you may ask? You, you may say ask. who she is. I'll tell you who she is. Not to You're be confused me. with a different Jennifer. Jennifer Reader, she's a filmmaker, artist, artiste even. Mm-hmm. Latest yes. movie is uh, Perpetrator. She's got a new Mrs. movie. Silverstone. 
called Perpetrator, yes. Alicia, Alicia Silverstone is in it, yes. Batman, for those of us. It's, it's, a, it's streaming on Shudder right now. I saw it in mus- at Music Box. I did not get popcorn. Go on, Gabe. And she is a Chicagoan. Like, she lives in Chicago, right? She's a Chicago person, yes. She's a Chicago... Right, girl. Yes, she has. She has roots in the Riot Girl scene. All right. As do you. But she makes movies that I'm not probably the target audience for. But you and Ben are going to have a lot to say about it. Okay, so I sent you a couple of links to her movies because I had already seen the movie at Music Box. It played for a week, and I texted her and I was like, "Hey, you know, just saw your movie. Terrific." Uh, you want to do the show? And she goes, yeah, do you guys need any links? And I was like, oh, wow, no one's ever... <laughs> no one's ever offered us. No one's ever offered us anything. They're like, yeah, I guess I'll do it. But she was like, I'm down to do this, and I'll send you some links to the movies. I'm like, okay, yeah. How am I going to get Gabe to watch this movie? I think so- you, tried, you tried to sneak it in by saying it's like in the vein of the craft... And I'm like, okay, I remember the craft. I like that movie. They they're wearing like outfits that are very similar crafty. to the, yeah, the craft yeah, they're crafty. The craft isn't scary. There's nothing scary about the craft. I put this movie on and I'm like, hold on a second. This is not the craft. This is the craft meets the exorcist. <laughs> Maybe not it's bad. actually Actually, it's more of a shapeshifter movie, which is right on the same level with that uh, stupid werewolf show you made us watch. No, I'm afraid of that <laughs> kind of stuff. Whenever uh-huh. I watch The Howling, I freak out. I can't watch it. Uh-huh. I can't watch that. Well, you like that one show. I don't. Wolf I like turn my. I turn my head. I turn my head when I have the shape. <laughs> Did you, you turn your head? He averts his eyes. He yeah. averts his eyes, puts his <laughs> head on his wife's shoulder, says, "Mommy." <laughs> I, I just can't. I can't. They probably do. Do you have that rule? If Alicia Silverstone is on screen, you need to. You need to turn so, away. Did you make it to Alicia Silverstone? Or, I didn't, I mean, no, I did not. I didn't make it there. I didn't realize she was in the movie. When did, <laughs> Nothing when against, did you? No. I, now I'll probably have to watch it again. After doing this, uh, I'll probably try and watch it. But, or I'll go back to her white trans girl movie that sounds very interesting to me. So mm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. So what, 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 when, what scene made you run away? It wasn't one scene. It, it just, I didn't, I realized that it wasn't my kind of movie. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I see where it's going, and it's not going to be something that I'm going to finish. It's just me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'll watch her other movies, and I'll try and go back and watch Perpetrator. We'll see. It's just rough. I, I don't like horror movies. <laughs> yeah. But you watched it, Ben. I did. And I you watched a, a I took a whole deep dive. Of, I okay. think I've seen everything. I, I had seen... We had Jennifer Reeder at the Wisconsin Film Festival four or five years ago, showing a bunch of the shorts that I then rewatched this past week because they're all on Criterion yes, channel. Uh, and the feature films I watched. I'm totally immersed in Jennifer Reeder and her bizarre camp horror musical high school universe. So I'm Good. psyched. I'm psyched for Jennifer to be on the show tonight. Thanks for bringing this guest, Scott. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's nice to have... Someone to talk about movies on this show with because Gabe is useless. 
No, I, I bring very little to the show, but what I do bring, it's 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 at a high level. If you do say so yourself. <laughs> when it comes to movies, I'm I'm like uh, he's ditched the fake humility and he's back to. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm like Silent Bob when it comes to the movie conversation. The words that I do say are very. Are you whatever comparing yourself to <laughs> Silent Bob? <laughs> I don't know. You got me in a movie mode where the only movies I've really seen in the last 25 years have been Kevin Smith movies or Days of Confused. What have Man, you been I... watching at me? home? No. Oh, him. Yeah, Gabe. You didn't make it through this, but I'm sure there's some stuff that's... Yeah, what did you put on to like bring yourself down once you got up and said, hell no to Perpetrator? <laughs> I'm going to start watching morning show or whatever it is with, with Jennifer Anderson and, and Reese Witherspoon. You know what? I like that show. I'm going to start watching it. It's good. And they have a new season coming, so we'll, we'll check it out. You better hurry up. I know. Two I, seasons I, gotta get, to get through. I got two seasons to start. My we'll favorite see. part of that show is uh, what's his face? What is his face? Billy Crudup? Billy Crudup. I think he's he's great on that show. He is really Really good. I've been watching a ton of movies. They got the high school horror movies on on Criterion, but they also have the seventies car movies on Criterion. I've been watching some of those. Did you watch that Ooh. one with Barry Newman at the bottom of the sea? Ooh, Barry, Barry Newman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I watched my favorites, uh Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. Yeah. And uh Best Ending Ever, by the way. And Duel. Yeah. Which I am so excited that did you watch Duel? The transfer is unbelievably great. I, I saw Duel at a drive-in during the pandemic. That is awesome. Gabe, did you ever see Duel? Duel. I I don't even know what it is. Never heard of it. Duel. Dennis Steven Weaver. Spielberg's first movie. Dennis out, Weaver. Out on the road being hunted down by a I don't even know if you can say a trucker. Do we ever see the driver of the truck? We probably do, but we don't know because there's a scene in the, the diner where he's looking around and one of those people was probably him or maybe it wasn't. We don't know. Yeah. The most expressive truck, this side of the truck in Sorcerer. I was thinking, what are you going to say? Sorcerer? Sorcerer. I watched that movie. They showed that at, at the box on Saturday. Saw Poetic Justice. I've been watching a lot of movies. So we've got the perfect guest with us tonight. Uh, but be, before we get to that, last week we tried to call Justine's dad. And uh, that's an, he didn't pick up. Do you remember this? I do. I, I heard it a few times. I've been, I was listening to that episode more than once. Yeah. Good episode, by the way. But... Uh, <laughs> Gabe, did you listen to last week's episode? While we were making it, I listened to it. <laughs> I heard it the first time. Why do I need to hear it again? What was our guest's name? <laughs> Come on. You're putting me on the spot here, making me look like a fool on show. Ben listens for you. <laughs> I already heard it. I just heard it. We just did it. I don't need to hear it again. We, I couldn't tell We you. put in all those nice little things in there, though. Like... We put in all those like little music cues that it's like people who make movies. They don't go to the theater to watch their movie. They don't. They can't watch. Yes, they do. No. What do you, they what can't you think? Watch what do you think? You're fucking Johnny Depp. You're the Johnny Depp of <laughs> podcasts. 
All right, let's let's call let's let's call Justine's dad. Let's do this. Give him a call. See if he's around. I I think he watched the Netflix. He sent a picture the other night. I, I think he might have watched it. I, I I couldn't I couldn't tell if it was Last Voyage of the Demeter or if it was Netflix. Uh, Actually, have you watched Last Voyage of the Demeter? No, ben? and I just realized last night that it seems to have premiered somewhere on streaming. So I need to watch it. Uh, it's so on, on like, Prime. Is it Prime? Yeah. yeah. Let's give him. Let's give him a shot. Let's see what happens here. Yeah, we should wait till next week so that I have seen it too and we can have a reasonable conversation. Well, you should have watched it. Well, I fucked up. What were you doing? I was watching. I was seeing Bottoms. I was watching Jennifer Reeder's entire filmography. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? I actually can. Who is this, Scott? It's Scott. Yeah. <laughs> My phone says it's Scott Lucas. That's that's me. It's me. It, it, it's me. <laughs> What's going on, bro? What are you doing? Hold on, let me put you on speakerphone. <laughs> Great. Why? Why? Why are you going to put me on speakerphone? When Doug, are you, are, are you recording get, a podcast? I don't want to get cancer on the brain. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So did did you first of all you, you haven't you haven't messed around with any packy chips lately, have you? you? You see that thing I sent you? The guy died from a packy chip. <laughs> Yes, I did. And that reminded me of uh, how lucky you are to be alive, sir. <laughs> I'm lucky to be alive? You're lucky to be alive. No, I took like uh, a quarter of a quarter of a quarter. You took the rest of it. I, oh, matter of fact, it was on a podcast, wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> Oh, I just rubbed my eyes because I touched it. <laughs> and it burns. Ah, oh, it fucking burn my eyes. <laughs> You're being goddamn crazy eating the whole thing. It did That's w- probably what it was. It did what it was. So, did you watch uh, this 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 other Dracula? Uh, yes. The Netflix one, The Blood Vessel? Yeah. Yes, I did. What did you think of that? Because Ben loves that one. Why did Ben like that one better than the uh, the movie? Ooh, I haven't well, seen ben, the movie, so don't. Ben don't, hasn't don't seen the movie yet, but he. Oh his, shit! His thinking going to change his mind. Yeah, his thinking was he doesn't want to see it because he's such a big fan of the the Netflix one. Ben, Ben, you got you got to check it out, man. It's uh, it was so well done in such a confined space. It was like oh. Alien. No, no, no. Yes, it, it was. was. No, no. And, and plus, the Netflix one, they had all these friggin' old women on there and all this <laughs> other bullshit. This thing was like, you had a little feeding ground, and it was just, it was, yeah. I, I mean, on the Netflix one, you had this, oh, let's put some stupid paper around the ring, ring around the rosy, and it'll stop you. Bullshit. <laughs> Well, you're yeah. you're right. Yeah. The 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 movie is Demeter is closer to the book. Uh, I don't know. It is. Good point, Scott. I've never read the book, but just for entertainment purposes, I was like, man, I got some entertainment out of this. You know, a little heart heart palpitation, a little bit. 
All right. What else is going on? Didn't you do a football draft or something today? Oh yeah, I'm just getting home. Okay, so I'm who do you who home. do you got? Mm, let's let's not go there. No good draft. I don't even know what I'm I'd, talking I'd, about. I'd have to look at the uh, picture that I took of my draft board. I will not be winning this year, but it was uh, it was a hell of a lot. Hey, no, you know what? I'll tell you. Hold on. Hold on. Can you hold on? Yeah, we 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 got a couple minutes for you. Okay. Time out. Here we go. G- I'll tell you. Gabe, you know okay. any of this nonsense? Here's who I have. I, I got Stefan Diggs as a wide receiver. Who? This is fun. Stefan Diggs. Stop it. You know who that is. I don't. <laughs> He's the best receiver on the Bills. Come on, man. Okay, well, I'll believe you. I, you know. Uh, Pollard is a running back. Who? Devonta <laughs> Smith is a wide receiver. I got Joe Burrow as my quarterback. He's and a big then I got fan. a whole lot, a whole lot of bunch of other crap. So you I just picked Jets. a lot of a Bills no, no, players? No, I, was, no, I got I got the Jets as a defense. Uh-huh. Odell Beckham way down in the water. Cave. <laughs> I got no Bears, that's for sure. Uh, this might be the last, the last time. Um, no. Draft talk sucks. This is not a good podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. Man, I wish I could hear uh, Gabe and. Uh, and Ben. Yeah, we we should have had you call in. This this whole thing is just it's been a it's been, gone over like a lead balloon, as Gabe would say. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to let you go here. All right, brother. Okay, talk to you later. Later. Bye. Here's what I'd like to know. Okay. What would you like to know? When, if and when Lily, my daughter, gets married, should I be expecting to call her husband? Bro? <laughs> I don't know. Are, are you in New York, an ex-New York cop? Uh, no, but I play one. No, on then I, you, uh, you probably shouldn't do it then. You think it's a cop thing, the whole bro thing? Do you like I don't know. I just think bro? he can get, I, can, I think he can get away with bro. <laughs> I, just, I just don't see you getting away with bro. No. Try, try saying it. I, I, Say hey, it. bro. Hey, bro. Bro. Do you like Gabe, bro, but, not bruh? Bruh. What's up, bruh? Hey, bro. Bro. Gabe, let's hear you do a bro. I don't say bro or bruh or brother. I don't say any of those. Do you say dude? I, I say dude now and again. And Scott, I, I call him dude once. And he says, you, hey, I'm not dude here. Who, who are you talking to? You used to be totally against dude. You're I, was, like, dude I still don't am. Don't call me dude. Yeah, but now you're saying dude. Or do you just say like Dude. I had these two friends, Mike and Dave, and they had this thing that if either one of them accidentally called the other one dude, they got to punch them as hard as they could. That sounds like a very bro thing to do. (laughs) I know, right? But so ironic. Come on, Gabe. I want to hear you say bro. No, bro. Use it in a sense. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't even sound right coming out of me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, What do you say? When you were a tour manager, what did you say to people who maybe you needed to like give a talking to, like uh, club owners or somebody in the crowd who was trying to get on stage? Bro, you're two hundred dollars short, bro. Dude is an informal way of, of saying the guy's name, and if you go, if you know the guy's name, it's an insult to not say their name. Dude. Similar to bro. No, bro. Bro is to, is the you know Herb says brother twenties dude. Herb says brother, brother. is okay. He, he, he How you doing, Hulk brother? Hogan style. That's a Hulk Hogan thing. 
You mean like, hey, brother? <laughs> yeah. Like that? Yes, ask her. He probably knows and was, was a fan of Hulk Hogan in the day. Uh, maybe. But he knew it was fake. I don't think you knew it was fake. It doesn't matter if it's fake. It's entertainment. <laughs> Wrestling is. <laughs> Interesting what you're saying. <laughs> yes. All right, Yoda. <laughs> entertainment, bro, it is. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, I guess we got something out of that phone call. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. It's Jennifer Reeder. What, am I the only one that claps anymore, guys? Ah, oh, shit. All right. Let's try it one more time. Hey, everybody. It's Jennifer Reeder. Ah, see. Right. Excellent clapping, guys. Thanks. Hey. Hi, you guys. Is that one of those keen? Is that a keen painting or is that just a. No, no, no. Painting? No, no, I have a um a collection of vintage uh paint by numbers. And this one uh is described as um adolescent girl crying, which of uh -huh. course like yeah, I had to have it. <laughs> but it's called it's called Tear and there's a um a whole online database that's called like the Paint by Numbers Museum where you can go and they can figure out if like your painting was part of a set or when, when it was, you know, and it's a whole set. This is part of a whole set that now I have of just odd, like adolescent girl paint by numbers from like the mid sixties. But, and you did the painting? No, 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 oh. no. I, no, I buy them already done. Okay. So this was done in like, I don't know, 64. Wow. Yeah. This, this painting is disturbing. First of all, but the color of the wall or the color of the shirt, which one came first on the girl on the behind you in that picture? Oh, so I got the painting first. It it came in the in that frame in the exact same frame, but it was a, a bare wood frame. So I painted the frame. And then I painted the wall. So the room that I'm in, which I could do a once, you know, a whole roundabout, and there's more weird stuff in this room, um, was inspired by my little blonde girl crying. That's awesome. All right. You guys asked for it. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> so sad. Gabe is not a fan of horror films. And so uh, <laughs> uh, images like that. What, what do they do to you, Gabe? Will you be able to sleep this evening? I can sleep, but my dreams will be different now that I've seen that picture. Uh, no, <laughs> at least at least as far as my preferred streaming sites go, it feels like it's Jennifer Reader month. Mm -hmm. uh, your new movie pr mm -hmm. premiered on Shutter last Friday, but mm -hmm. there's also a whole Jennifer Reader guest curator section on mm -hmm. Shutter this month. Mm -hmm. Plus, over at the Criterion Channel, your mm -hmm. old pals, they have a high school horror collection. Mm -hmm. Now, is that a coincidence? That can't be a coincidence, can it? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, they didn't reach out to me. I still have a, I still have a whole collection of like nine, maybe 10 
of yeah. my sh- of my shorts on the Criterion channel. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, why not? Jennifer, did you did they did Criterion ever drag you into that closet and make you pick out videos on camera? Well, no, not yet. I mean, I ha- I just haven't had that chance. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to barge into the closet, but yeah. like when they asked me to to like for the to do a like a launch of of the shorts, it was like right at the beginning of the of, you know, spring of 2020 it was like the pandemic and nobody was going anywhere. Right. And the last when I was in New York in June for the Tribeca Film Festival, which was um, pre- uh, Perpetrators North American premiere, like I was just too kind of busy to to go over there. But I'm going to yeah, I'm going to I'm going to barge my way into that closet. Good. No doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get some I, feel good stuff. Like, I feel like my second bedroom is the Criterion closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my basement is also the Criterion closet. Well, let's look at some of the, these movies that you picked out on Shutter. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you picked Possession, which is mm-hmm. like one of my absolute all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got uh, Daughters of Darkness. Oh, just so good. Really great. So good. Uh, and Knife Knife Plus Heart. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. Have you guys seen that one? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like... I mean, I think that that's one that's like kind of a little hard to find. It's by, you know, a French filmmaker, Young Gonzalez, whose other films are so great. I mean, I feel like they're just coming out of this kind of like gonzo European world of, you know, it's like it's like super bonkers post Argento stuff. And I had the um, pleasure of of doing a conversation with Jan at, uh-huh. at, at a short at a short film festival in Switzerland, uh, just outside of Zurich, in Winterthur. But Knife Plus Heart came out just before Knives and Skin, and 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 which was came out my film that came out in 2019, and it was a, a just very curious serendipity that we both had these films that are not, you know, connected to each other in any way, but that. Somehow, I don't know, like he and I share a heart. Yeah, plus, but I mean. Plus, plus skin, plus a knife or something. Right, of course. Plus, 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 plus. But like, yeah. people always try to do that 70s grindhouse thing. And the thing about that movie is if you had told me it was made in 78 or 81, I'd be like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The way it gets that cruising thing, like mm-hmm. the, the murders are just like really disturbing mm-hmm. yeah no he no he has this really interesting way of like kind of looking back in at that at that kind of um not just european american kind of like mondo cinema blah 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 and then he get he, and then he just casts you know somebody like the iconic you know vanessa parody just i don't know it, his stuff is weird it's sexy it's a funny it's super stylized i mean i think that yeah he i mean i i i i aspire to that and but also maybe i do it already so what to 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 aspire to but it's a different yeah but knife plus heart but also you know in that kind of the collection or what i curated for shutter you know i don't know that that many people have seen that film for instance you know i think that with that um you know, Shutter still, you know, is primarily North America, 
and oddly Australia and New Zealand, you know, so, uh, I don't know the average, uh, genre fan who might've stumbled across my selections, you know, might not normally pick that film and then pick that film and, uh, watch other of Jan's films and then stumble into a whole range of just incredible non us made well, yeah, but I don't. I don't think you're making the typical genre film yourself. Mm-mm. So if if they're if they're if they're interested in what you like, I, I think they're already kind of, you know, into stuff that's that's on the outskirts of, you know, what most genre films would be like. Mm-hmm. I hope so. It seems like you got a good relationship with Shutter. Oh, great relationship with Shutter. I mean. Uh, this is a third film that I've made with them. I did VHS 94, which is an, an anthology um, that's part of like that whole kind of like franchise of VHSs. Mm-hmm. Um, and VHS 94 is one of the is like of the whole franchise, still the most loved of all of those of all of the um, VHS films. And then, uh, yeah, made Night's End with them with, right. you know, incredible Michael Shannon and, you know, his uh, amazing wife, Kate Arrington, and plus, you know, Gina Walker and Felonious Monk. Like, it's a very Chicago, um, yeah. Theo Germain. Like, we made it in Chicago. We made it over 13 days, you know, in a Chicago apartment with Chicago cast and crew for a tiny amount of money. And I really had just approached Shudder with this script with by um brett and you you know who's um a um, uh, ensemble writer with red orchid and um was like i don't know if you know hey hey sam and emily of shutter you know i just brett and i want to make this film we were thinking we could just make it over the weekend with our phones and our friends but i thought i would just you know pass it by you and see if not that you might want to make it, but maybe you knew somebody else would, I truly went into that conversation that humbly, like I was not think I was not, it was not a bait and switch, you know? Right. And, um, they heard, heard me and came, came back a week later and, you know, be careful what you wish for. Cause Emily, who's this awesome Irish woman, I am also Irish. And she was like, yeah, we're going to do it. And I, I, you know, I turned, I, 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 I went, I pivoted immediately to another Chicago friend, Neil Edelstein, who, um, produced Mulholland drive with David Lynch. He's, he's, he's back now in Chicago on the North side. He produced the straight story also with David Lynch, made a bunch of other David Lynch projects. He, he produced the American version of the ring, which with Nat, with um, Naomi Watts, which, which is a very good adaptation. It's great. Yeah. Right. And um, I turned to Neil and I was like, oh my God. Okay, look, I mean, the, I don't know why I'm whispering, but I, I, was, I was like, oh my <laughs> God. Okay, so, you know, like Shutter wants to help, you know, Brett and I make this film, but I think we need more money and we, like we, or we need more, some something. And um, so Neil helped me put together a kind of a, a counter pitch. And also Shutter was like, yeah, from the producer of, you know, The Ring and Mulholland Drive. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Neil came on board and it was still like at the end of the day, like us 
super scrappy kids. And I honestly include Kate and Michael and, and Thelonious. Like I really like at the end of the day, it was like scrappy kids making a film together. So that's night's end. That's also on shutter. And so then when we were looking around for financing for perpetrator, and we talked to a lot of big, a lot of, a lot, a lot of studio people um, who wanted to change it or, mm-hmm. I, you know, just, it was just not the right fit. And I, I, I don't know, like I, ha- I feel like I have good instincts. And when shutter came back and was like, I don't know, let's do another one together. I was like, all right, let's do it. So you weren't making perpetrator with them and then COVID hit and you had to pivot that. that... No, no. And like I was writing perpetrator uh, and COVID hit. And I was one of those people when the world broke down in, you know, mid March of 2020, I was like, Oh my gosh, I get to stay home. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to stay home Mm -hmm. for a little while. And then I put a pin in, um, right. Not, I, I just was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to shoot perpetrator in 2020. So let's just like retool it, like rethink it, which was completely fine. And then, you know, all kind of even conversations around financing sort of halted for a little while. I read other scripts, blah, blah, blah. And then when things started to open up is when, you know, we started having conversations around like who would, who would come in with financing and shutter, you know, I mean, Shutter was the was the company who said we want we want to help you make your film, not like, well, we want to be part of you know the next Jennifer Reader project, but we we want to change it a whole bunch, right? You know, right? Yeah, I mean, do you get a lot lot of offers to do other scripts, and 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 it's just you're like, ah, fuck this, one hundred percent. Yeah, I get sent I get sent scripts all the time. Uh, and that, you know, I mean, like right after Knives and Skin, I got sent scripts all the time that, that were like, uh, mystical teen noir. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I think I invented the term mystical teen noir. Mm-hmm. So like, unless, or, or there would be literally scripts that were like, it's like stranger things meets jaws <laughs> or whatever. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, you know, and also I'm going to say this and it's not even between us because obviously it's going out everywhere. I have not ever seen one episode of Stranger Things. I'm not a fan. Good for you. And, it's terrible. But, yeah. but 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 I think it was because and I'm a Gemini, so I'm very like uh, stubborn and contrary. But the week that the very first iteration of Stranger Things came out. With every time that I saw anybody they would greet me with like, have you seen stranger things? Yeah. You know, cause so, it's, cause it's that, cause it's like kind of in a parallel sort of space. And I just didn't want to have to say like, Oh, I saw it and I copied it. You know, I get to say, I don't know, like I did what I did and maybe they did it what they did. And it's completely acceptable that n- neither parties saw anything you know yeah they're not treading the same water as you no no it's not what's happening at all just so you know just so you know what's going on on the other side of the fence that is good to know what's happening but i was getting but i was getting all these scripts just to quickly say like i was getting i got a lot of scripts you know like kind of like during during you know sort of like covid that were like yeah it's like stranger things meets blah 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 and i just finally told my agent my manager i was like you know like i if look 
unless unless they can unless it's better than what I could write for a kind of a mystical teen noir, then I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want it. Like I'll take anything else. Give me a, like an old man fishing story over any mm-hmm. of this stuff. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to direct that one either. Um, yeah. So yeah, I know, but I still get a lot of scripts that they're kind of like, I mean, I just really think that this, I don't know whose voice this is, but they're like, I think this could really use through Jennifer Reader's lens, right. this could be very special. And I read the script, I'm kind of like, <laughs> nothing, nothing will make this script special. Here's my advice. Take that script, put it on the shelf. No one else ever read it. Well, I mean, you came into making movies in, from a different place, different direction maybe than most people. I mean, it's not like you saw a movie and then you were like, I'm, I want to make movies, right? Mm-mm, right. I came into making movies through the art world. I didn't go mm-hmm. to film school. I went to art school. I did not make art in art school. I made films in art school. And I. So you, that- you were at the Art Institute in Chicago? Well, okay. So before, yes, that's where I went to grad school. I went to um, undergrad at Ohio State, I guess the Ohio State University. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Uh-huh. You know, Midwestern, solidly Midwestern. I literally grew up on the edge of that campus, um, which for me was a portal to the outside world. So for instance, like not unlike so many cool, I don't know, like campus towns, um, the minute that I could get on the bus by myself to go to campus, record stores, comic book stores, right? Vintage clothing stores, all ages clubs. You guys know this story, Paint right? Number stores. No. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that. I I understood that like ten blocks from the house that I was born in, where I grew up in, was like the portal to the entire outside world. I would just spend all my time on campus. You know, right. pouring over. You know all of that stuff music and and magazines and everything that could get me out of there so um you know that was like one avenue of just wanting to have a bigger life than than sort of like where i grew up and i was also i mean my hair is still evident of it i was a very very serious ballet dancer from a very very young age um through college uh and so then when when i got to college i uh, thought I have, I have no art ability whatsoever, even though I have brothers who are designers and my dad was an architect, but I was kind of like, I'm going to take an art class. Cause I feel like that's where the misfits are, are going to be, or mm-hmm. my, the cute people. I don't know. Like I'll just take an art class. I, and I took a sculpture class that I nearly failed. I mean, I was, I'm not a good like studio artist. And the, the instructor said, you know, you are never going to be a, a, a sculptor, but uh-huh. you, you have a, you have a lot of moxie reader or something like that, you know, and I know right. that you have this background as a performer. So there's a performance artist who's teaching a class next semester named Linda Montano, who's got this, she's got this, like in real life, Linda Montano who's still alive, had, uh, 
you can look her up in the 80s in New York. She was one of those kind of like long, like performance artists, endurance artists who like, for instance, like stayed tied to uh, another guy for a whole year with an eight foot, you know, piece of rope, like that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, did a beautiful video art piece where her, her, her face is covered in like uh, acupuncture needles. I mean, I was like, oh, I'm down. This woman is like punk as hell, you know? Right. And um, it was a performance art class, but we had to make videotapes of our performances. And I was less interested in performance, but the minute I picked up that video camera, it was like I had recovered a phantom limb. Like, this is it. And then I just pivoted directly towards um, making, you know, like weird kind of more like video art moves. That right. term, term oddly enough, has kind of like circled back around. I've got grad students at UIC where I teach. We're kind of like, I'm a video artist. I was like, oh my gosh, we got to dust that, dust that term off, you know, for many right. reasons. Um, and, and then I finished my degree at OSU and, um, you know, the school, the art institute had a, this really great kind of like video art program that I that I, that was my uh, like target. And that's where I came. And, and, um, I had a very successful career for all intents and purposes as like a, you know, like a video artist. I was in the Whitney Biennial and the Venice Biennale. I had gallery representation and yet I was like, Oh, I hate this. Like, no, no. Like but I was like, cause nobody comes to a museum to see a, a movie or whatever. And I was still trying to kind of like, I mean, in that way that I had experienced as a dancer, like a live, um, like I wanted everybody to come into the space and the lights go down and the entire crowd experiences this thing collectively. Like I had, I had experienced that as a performer on stage mm-hmm. and this like holistic, you know, um, experience and, and, and storytelling, you know, like ballet was still storytelling with like music and, right. a, and, and a frame and all of this. And so very abruptly, like 1999, I was just like, I am leaving the art world and I'm going to make movies because prior to that too, there was this sense that, I mean, there were very, very few American independent feature length filmmaking women, you know, uh-huh. there was like Alison Anders, Julie Dash, right. Martha Coolidge. I mean, but I couldn't see a path. I didn't even know where my path was. Right. There wasn't like a bunch of women, American women doing independent feature length films uh, that I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, clearly I can do that. I was like it was like looking <laughs> like across the ocean to another island and just being like, I don't I have no idea how I'm going to get to the other island and then seeing over there like another island and then a whole path to another island and seeing all these guys walking from one island to another and i was like oh my gosh okay so and i'm a good swimmer you know Uh but i was like okay i'm gonna have to build my own you know bridge to that other to that filmmaking 
you know, that feature length filmmaking island, which is what I did. One, you know, weird little experimental, then experimental narrative, you know, um, film right. at it film at a time, you know, my, my, my energy is, is like, comes right out of like, you know, third wave riot girl feminism, you know? And okay. so, right. It's like that yeah. kind of, that all that DIY, all that DIY stuff. It wasn't just like bikini kill and all that. Like it extended to like the, you know, filmmakers and we were all, it was all of that. Right. And so, um, where were you hanging out when, when you were like going to grad school and, and, and into the punk rock stuff who are you hanging out oh, with I mean, where uh i mean oh gosh okay now all of these places have closed right like um oh my goodness i'm uh i mean obviously like rainbow but um uh-huh. what was the like the ti- the tiny low um ceiling club that was like on lincoln across from like the biograph Oh, uh, you're talking about lounge acts. Yeah, lounge acts. Yeah. Lounge acts. I mean, empty bottle for yeah. sure. But also just um, you know, like how houses, like people who are just like having little bands in their houses and stuff like that. And then I and I and I kind of became quickly friends with like the the ding dongs, um, I say that with love, like of tortoise, like all those guys. Because yeah. okay. they were kind of like because the, they had a like John McIntyre went to Oberlin and I was dating a guy who had gone to Oberlin coincidentally from Ohio who were, mm-hmm. they were li- these guys who were living in that warehouse on Lake street, like crosshair who were also doing like screen screen printing all of these um, signs. Also when I went to, when I um, first started grad school, I was working at this place called the video data bank, which is a kind of a distribution place for video art. Ken Vandermark, Oh yeah. Was the accountant for the video data bank. So when I met Ken Vandermark, I mean, I just thought he was like a math nerd. Honestly, I had no, you know, and he was like, and then occasionally he would kind of go out of town with his band. You know, I was like, oh, God, like Ken is gone again. And, you know, one of the first people I met also was Sadie Benning, who was one of the first members of La Tigre, you know, with, with wow. um, Kathleen Hanna. And, you know, that's how I met Kathleen. It just also very just, you know, like hanging out, you know, and feeling kind of like, oh, yeah, these are, yeah, this is cool. We're hanging out and and not not seeking out, uh, not like, uh, I don't know, like jockeying for any any kind of positioning, just doing it doing the thing so which is why like now i feel like that seeing other other i don't know like just seeing this whole maybe machine uh of younger people trying to um network and get in the front door i'm like i don't think that's how you do it these days or that's not how i did it you know i mean i still have very very deep long-standing relationships with people and even new people that i meet I'm very protective of those relationships. You know, I've, I've fostered and maintained relationships with lots of people. Um, and it feels authentic and real. Yeah. You, but th- that's sort of like, it almost seems like now this idea of wanting to be authentic and wanting to be real is, uh, do you get that where people are like, Oh, you people from the nineties, you were so funny with your, your, you're not wanting to sell out and all, you know, like, 
patting. I feel like people are patting me on the head all the time. Like, it's so cute that you guys were like that in the 90s. I'm like, fuck <laughs> off. It was very, it was t- totally fucking real. Yeah. It was totally real. I mean, it was, but also, I mean, my God, it's like, I would make a film duplicated a bunch at school on VHS tapes. Everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. this, I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then I would like print out festival entry forms, fill them out. I would, I would go to the post office, the big post office downtown with a stack of like 20 VHS tapes, you know, to send all over the world. Mm -hmm. And, or even I was sending, you know, a a stack of VHS tapes sometimes to like galleries in New York with notes in them. God, you guys, and, but it worked with notes that would say something like, um, I saw your last exhibition. I can, I can do better. Ooh, (laughs) my God. And I got phone calls like sometimes anger ones who are like, who the fuck do you think you are? And I was like, who the fuck do you think you are? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's do. And they were like, all right, fine. Like send me, you know, let's talk tomorrow. Like I got traction from that, but I wasn't, I was just, I was be- actually being really genuine. You know, I was like, I don't know. Like I saw your last show, like, uh. you know, like <laughs> I think I can do better. And but that legwork now you can just kind of like send somebody a link or they see your your social media whatever like it was labor you know it it was that kind of um being on the corner and you know having a cassette tape or whatever or it was that sort of just like for the you know y'all musicians just like show after show like you load your shit into a van and Go, you know, just drive anywhere and play a show. Uh, you know, it, 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 there's a there's an equivalent of that to sort of like what I was trying to get, kind of like myself um, out there. And I hustled my buns off. It um, and it was, but it was also really genuine. I mean, I had aspirations and I had um, ambition. I mean, I still do, but mm-hmm. uh, but also I. Because of all of that, what you establish is like your own voice and you establish your own terms, I think. Right? Yeah. Like you're kind of like, I built, I built, I built my path. I built my path. Well, what was your first uh, film that you were like, I have a style? Did you know it when it happened or was it just one of those things that go, oh, wow, shit, I've got a style? Uh, So when I was in grad school, so my, 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 uh, my, my first semester of grad school, again, country mouse, uh, but my first semester in grad school and the school that art Institute was like very kind of like theory heavy. I had never read any critical theory and I was in a critical theory class and I felt like such a dumb ski. I just was like, I don't understand any of this. I don't understand what they're talking about at all. And I went home during Christmas break back to Columbus, Ohio. And I thought like, oh, fuck, I'm just going to, I have to, I just have to drop out. Like, this is not for me. And then I had this like stir, right. Where I was mm-hmm. like, are you kidding me? Like you got in 
to the grad school that you wanted to get into. So if they think that you are this, this misfit country mouse, like, uh, literally like not, they know, nobody said white trash. And I did not grow up in like, I may have grew up in a, a like a middle-class household that I wasn't, you know, but I, I just, but I felt like just a misfit. Right. And so I was like, all right, fuck it. Like they think I'm a misfit. I'm going to show them misfit. And so I went back to my second semester of grad school at SAIC and I invented this girl superhero called white trash girl. Right. Um, and that uh, was so genuine. I mean, she's like a girl who has um, toxic bodily fluids. It's very kind of Robin Hood. She, you know, takes from the rich and gives back to the poor, kind of toxic Avengers. But, you know, with um, at that at that time, also, it felt like com- coming out of that, again, kind of like riot girl energy. Yeah. And. I, I, I really honestly made that to give myself power and to kind of irritate my graduate advisors. You know, I was mm-hmm. just like, fuck you guys. I'm just going to like spray all over you. and I'm going to be really genuine and be like, this is who I am. I'm this like really gnarly riot girl. I'm just going to pee all over all of your theory or whatever. And it, it, <laughs> the, the weird thing is that it flipped. They were like, we love it. We yeah. love it. Yeah. And, and of course, and of course that felt so good on right. some level, right? You're kind of like, great, but no, but you, right. You're not supposed to like this, but yeah. you're grossed out. Right. But you love it. And, um, and while I was still in grad school, that project, I had sent it to a couple of different festivals. I mean, it got nominated for a video award by ZDF, which is a German German broadcasting company, which I I have now done a bunch of projects with de- with ZDF and, and Arte, which is like very lovely. You know, like mm-hmm. at the very beginning, I knew who my fan base was, the German speaking world. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. And and but that that project they love stuff dipped in pee. Oh my god, love it! They yeah. love gnarly, yeah. barfy, grossy stuff. Um, and delicious cheese and sausage and pr- on a pretzel bun, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> but the Germans in, in general, yes. uh, but, um, that, 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 like that, I could do something that for me was completely for me, you know, completely just kind of like, like I just had to get it out. Like I was so feeling kind of like, all right, the only way that I can return to grad school is if I do it entirely on my own terms. Like you think I'm, you think I'm a, I'm I'm a weird little country mouse oddball. Fine. I'm going to show you country mouse oddball. Right. And it was, it was totally from my, from my core and my gut. And I did it genuinely. And, um, I don't know, like it, people loved it. I got a big, like kind of award at my graduation, my MFA graduation. I got like a award for like outstanding MFA thesis and all that kind of stuff, which also felt great. I wasn't kind of like, oh, fuck your awards. I was like, oh yeah, right. I'll give me, like, I'll take your award for this like weird thing I did, which is still how I feel. I mean, perpetrator is like certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like, 
yeah, like I want to make weird fucked up work on my own terms. And I want to have, I still want to have, I still, you know, like right. having that kind of vetting from, I don't know. The, you still the, read reviews. Yeah, 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 yeah I do. So yeah. that was the, that was the moment. And that was 1996, um, which makes, makes it seem like I was just born when I made white trash bro, which of course we all know that's not true, but you know, I mean, that was, that was the moment that I was like, okay, I will never, I cannot, this is my mark. I, I cannot, I, I can only like keep going from this and make this be like my, yeah, my signature move. Right. Mm. <laughs> nice reference. Which, which in, <laughs> in, in, uh, in perpetrator, they talk about signature moves. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you, I mean, you do that a lot. You reference yourself. Mm -hmm. You, Jennifer, you talked about, um, um, this trying to find a path towards feature filmmaking and not seeing. Are you going where I'm you. thinking where you're going, Ben? Where you, I, yeah, I, I, I want to stick with this thing where she keeps yeah. referencing. Yes, I am. That you oh, okay. are. Yes. Okay, good, good. All right. So, so, so you made all of these amazing shorts, uh, mm -hmm. throughout the 2010s, I guess, mm -hmm. or the 2000. And mm -hmm. then, and then when you made, like I, I guess you could call it maybe well I don't know if you would call it your first feature film but when you made Knives and Skin mm -hmm. it almost felt like um, you had taken all of those shorts and turned them into a feature and I was wondering whether you had that plan in mind uh, or that was something that came to you sort of at the end of making all those shorts and thinking oh maybe I can repurpose all of this stuff yeah exactly the latter you know like I have never been the person um, which is, you know, so many, uh, American filmmakers. And I say American filmmakers because European filmmakers will make a short film. They make a feature, they go back to a short, you know, it's a very different model. They, there's a lot of, out, out, or out, outside of the U S there's a lot of love for, um, multi different lengths of, you know, films. So I've been making, short films because I could make them and I could, I could experiment with like, you know, short ideas, um, that, you know, was, I was like, okay, this is a great idea for a short film. This should never be a feature length. And honestly, haven't we all seen a feature length film? We're like, wow, that would be awesome. If it was like 80 <laughs> minutes shorter, yeah, yeah, you know, we have, we have, yes. <laughs> right. And so I think there's this like ridiculous model in the U S that's like people make a short film that's a calling card for the feature. Then you only make feature films. And it's like, mm -hmm. I hate that. So I just wanted to make films and I wanted to kind of, you know, experiment after I left the art world, I really wanted to figure out like that way, like, okay, how do I write scripts? How do I work with actors? You know? And it felt like, uh, okay, well, I'm just going to keep making little films and, and, you know, like deal with my craft, like figure it out for myself on mm -hmm. my voice. And after I had a lot of success, like at Sundance, Berlin, I mean, I had all of like all of the festivals that are the ones that like people want to be vetted by are coveted, blah, blah, blah. We're kind of like, yes, whatever you're doing, we're buying it. Right. So I was like, Oh, all right. Like, let's try and make something longer. And yeah, so the knives and skin was 
um, it was like the reverse. It was not, it was like the children birthed the mother. Right. And then the mother birthed, you know, the grandmother. I mean, or yeah, the mother birthed a, a cousin. I feel like perpetrator is, is like a cousin of Knives and Skin, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's all, it's like, um, it's well, it a, also a, goes back to a white trash girl. You're talking about like bodily fluids. There's certainly yes. a lot of, you know, dangerous bodily fluids in perpetrator. Totally. And honestly, it's like kind of what you were saying, Scott. I mean, like, honestly, my, and I don't know if this is how songwriting works, uh, at all, but, um, like one of my, one of my films or in will, there's a spark of that. That's like, Oh, Oh, that's the next film. And then I'm like, Oh, right. that's the next one. Oh, that's the next one. And I have no shame in saying like, yeah, they're all connected. They're all connected. It's the Jennifer reader universe universe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, 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 but you guys get it too. I mean, on some level, right. I mean, there's, there's other aspects of creativity where like for, for me, sometimes I can't understand. Or I, I'm I, like, I I'm stymied with like a director, like Ang Lee, who I, I you know, respect uh, so much. But I'm like, how did Ang Lee make the ice storm? Right. And, uh, the Hulk, the Hulk, <laughs> right. And then crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Yeah. And, yeah. They're all That's, different. They're all very different. And I have no shame in saying like, I don't think I could do that. Like, I really know what I want to do and what I'm good at. And I really know like what I, I, I don't want to mess with whatsoever. Well, that's one of the fun things for me about going to see a Paul Schrader movie. It's like, Mm -hmm. or there'll be a different character, a different setting, but it's all the same. And I love that. You know, I, it's like, this is taxi driver at a horticulture place or whatever. (laughs) I mean, you've done other things besides horror films, but you seem to be like, you know, like a horror auteur. I mean, did you go that way? Because you, because it's got a rich history of being able to, smuggled social commentary in there Mm. well i mean like going back again to the beloved white trash girl which again like it's it's on my vimeo which is completely free anybody can see white trash girl it's still there's a lot of white trash girl super fans thank god Mm -hmm. um and i am white trash girl if anyone watches that like i am white trash girl but at at this point in my life i'm so deeply happy to be behind the behind the camera um so i've kind of dealt with like the fantastical for for a while and again maybe going back to kind of like my life as a ballet dancer i mean all that stuff is so like a swan lake it's like gothic and gross and i mean that really is adjacent to these to kind of a horror and on some level or like genre storytelling. So that was kind of in me. And, you know, my mom, uh, one of the first films that my mom showed me ever was uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca, which is a very, uh, one of my most favorite films ever. I have older brothers who, who, you know, I would stumble into, you know, whatever they were watching when my parents were out for the night and no one was ever like, I don't think that Jenny should watch this. You know, they were just kind of like, whatever, just don't tell mom, you know? Right. And I was like, oh, that fucked me up for a little, for a while. But, um, so I think that <laughs> I, I have had kind of since, uh, for, since I was a kid, um, 
an interest, you know, in kind of darkness, dark humor, dark stories. Um, and in my, in a lot of the shorts leading up even to knives and skin, there was oftentimes a missing girl or somebody who had, um, a wound that wouldn't heal, you Mm -hmm. know, and not that those are marks of genre, but they're genre, you know, adjacent. Right. And, uh, even knives and skin, you know, I like, I didn't, I knew that I wanted to make something that felt kind of supernatural that was like hovering above reality, actually, uh, that used tropes of horror and thriller to talk about consent, even, Mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, talk about like violence against girls and women, or to talk about just kind of how girls have to navigate the world, blah, blah, blah how moms, I'm a mom, like ambivalenced about motherhood or whatever, right, you know, right. um, which are kind of like hard things. Like if I was like said to a studio, like, I want to make, I want to make a, a film about ambivalence around motherhood. No one wants to make that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But it's, but it's very like, it's really real. And it's, yeah. Or ambivalence around parenthood. It's not just about motherhood, but ambivalence around parenthood. Man, yeah. nobody nobody talks about that. Like you, you have you a kid. Very rarely get somebody to go. You know, I don't like being a. Mother. I don't like my kids. Yeah. But all of that stuff feels like it is. It is this. You can you can tell those we those kind of untouchable, very very human stories. Right through genre yeah for me for me i can so i was like oh yeah like i can fuck with this real 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 good and um i'm you know like i have a uterus from a very young age i've had a very robust consistent relationship with blood Mm -hmm. i have had three children (laughs) i'm gonna be real tmi vaginally with no um pain medication I've, right had a, I've had a miscarriage. I mean, honestly, let, like, like, let's talk about it all. Like, I, right. my, my body is a, a fucking miracle, in my opinion. And a horror and, show. And a horror show. Oh yeah. my god! Every like, so much of what I have experienced in my body, which has been completely uh, normal, natural, awesome, awesome, <laughs> is also really gnarly. Right. You no, know? really, really <laughs> gnarly, really genre. Right. <laughs> so I, I, you know what I mean? So, and I, and I live, oh my gosh, all my children are very boy presenting boys. So like, uh-huh. I'm the only one who's just erupting in my household on a constant basis. But I think that, uh, yeah, so it felt like leaning into horror, thriller, like leaning into the paranormal, supernatural, leaning into all that stuff. First of all, let me kind of recover what I loved about going to art school, being a filmmaker in art school, being a visual filmmaker, thinking about like color, texture. Have you ever shot any of your movies on film or is it always video? It's uh, for, for the most part, the, the feature length ones are all video. 
Right, but I mean, going back your entire oh, career, yes, is it 100%. all been pretty much video? Nope, nope, nope. The early ones for lots of film. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, all right. Because yeah. you seem very comfortable with video in a way that not everybody seems to be, you know? I mean, you'll use like the, like sort of layering and editing mm-hmm. technology, and you're very comfortable with it. Yeah, well, I think that, I think that because I, that, that first, that first kind of like, performance video art class that I mentioned, we had to make videos, literally mm-hmm. videos. And I oftentimes make that distinction, like video, like for a long time, I did not describe myself as a filmmaker. I was like, I don't shoot film. You know what I mean? Like it was like, there's film, film is 16 millimeter. It's like celluloid, you know, right. I don't, I don't shoot that. So I was like, am I a file maker now? <laughs> like, what right. are we doing? You know? Right, right, right. Um, and no one would get that if I was like, hi, I'm Jennifer. I'm a file maker. But that's really what I am these days. <laughs> these yeah. days. yeah. Um, but I know I shot I shot film early on. And I would I mean, the thing that I like about digital video nowadays is that. You know, you I just it's it's just more effective, I suppose, cost wise on, on some level to kind of like be able to, you know, have more takes and whatnot. And if, and if you, and if you, and in post, yes. I mean, there's, I, I also like in post-production to, to do like all of, all of that, you know, layering. And it's, I like psychologically, you know, what it could mean to put two, people in the same frame together and like pull them apart. Like mm-hmm. I, it's like none of my transitions or, or superimpositions are arbitrary, you know, like it's very right. a particular and it comes from, you know, just studying paintings, being influenced by paintings, uh, being influenced by art and like traditional. Yeah. Art, 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 art. Right. Yeah. Well, when I met you, at the premiere of Night's End last year mm-hmm. at Music Box, you told yep. me that you were working on this movie that had a bit of a 90s vibe. Mm-hmm. And this is it, right? This is the 90s uh-huh. vibe? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really interesting because you can see the the like 90s high school horror meets the 90s serial killer movies, mm-hmm. you know? Well, kind of. I mean, the 90s vibe sort of came from... Because it's not set in the '90s. Uh, no, no, it's not. And here, and here's, and here's, here's the, here's, this is like such good secret information, but it's not secret. It's not anymore. It's fine. So there was a scene, multiple scenes in um, Perpetrator, of people singing. Oh. And um, I had told the music supervisor, I was like, I want like. I want some nineties music. I don't want eighties music anymore. I want some nineties music. I want to, I want to like re I want to like do what I've, what I did with knives and skin with tool or local age. Like Mm. really, I want like really like do a a kind of rethinking of that vibe Mm -hmm. and knowing that we were targeting Alicia Silverstone, you know, to be our Hildy, I was like, oh, this is, gonna, this is like, this whole thing has to just like 
rethink this other vibe, which is like the nineties vibe. Now, mm-hmm. uh, we couldn't, you know, the licensing yeah. for lots of songs was out of our league. But you've licensed some like hard. Hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. But it was for some reason. Okay. Oh no. It was, it was the shutter of it. Okay. So for knives and skin, we got a bunch of amazing songs like yeah. right out of the gate, but it was because when we initially shot the film, it had no distribution. Mm-hmm. So they were just licensing it for um, festival release. So, you know, girls just want to have fun. Blue Monday that, um, you know, in modern English, uh, like everyone's like, no problem. But this is very, good to know, by the way. Very, this is very, very I mean, but didn't you have to go back and then get the licensing for streaming and all that stuff? Well, they did. IFC did. Who distributed it? I didn't. Like, IFC had to do it. Yes, yeah. for sure. <laughs> uh, you know? But but because the shutter of it, you know, automatically, it was just like everything was like so... Um, it was super pricey. Yeah. And um, so there were two songs that came in kind of on sort of on brand and so one was um donovan's season of the witch which Mm -hmm. is so fucking good yep and the other one was elvis's devil in disguise and because that song in particular is still owned by someone in elvis's estate who gave us permission to use it so i had alicia silverstone kaya mckiernan and um, melanie libbard learn try and learn the song and sing the song record the song and no that it uh it um they like it um they were all like yeah i mean i i I think i can sing you know right and um i know i can't sing and and they can't sing either right okay they can act. They are great <laughs> actors. Right. So we recorded them and I was looking at my, um, the woman who, who has done all of the singing, you know, re rearranging, you know, and coaching. And I, I remember her on set, like when somebody, when one of them was singing and looking at her, like, and she was like, she's such a, <laughs> She was trying to be kind of like, maybe we can salvage that. I don't know. Like, but honestly, like all of the 90s stuff was like really pricey. Yeah. And uh for even just like the the um the publishing rights, you know, which is just the lyrics and we could rearrange it and reperform it. But I'm but I'm not giving up on it. I mean, I I I love that I love I, I love the idea of, of um you know rearranging well like knives and skin and all of your shorts in addition to whatever else they are the jennifer reader genre and horror and high school and all that stuff but they're all musicals right oh god no <laughs> you don't think i i know of, yes of course i mean that's a, but i I, can't, I don't like musicals oh come on how can you not like musicals i don't know they make me nervous it's like or not not the film version but like even um 
I'm nervous right now. Look at me. I'm also like, oh my God, who's going to start singing? Don't start no, singing, no. everybody. Not me. Not me. No, no, but like, um, for instance, like, okay, so Audrey Francis, who's in who's in knives or yeah, she's in knives and skin, also perpetrated the woman who's like covered up in knives yeah. and skin, or perpetrated covered. Up, she is the co-director right now of Steppenwolf. Like, oh, the most like yes, I knew I just saw her. Yes. I was like, what the hell? The most lauded, amazing, you know, dramatic actress, theater person. And of course, like Kate, Kate Arrington, who I also made look ding like yeah. a ding dong in, you know, Knives and Skin, who I adore. Um, Tim Hopper. I mean, I, you know. And all of these incredible theater people who I love casting in my films, they're all they're they're always like. I have a show at Steppenwolf. Do you want to come see it? I'm always like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, life theater makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah. you know, I or like musicals. Like, I love seeing mu like bands perform, but kind of musicals sometimes like make me, you know, a little like someone's just talking and they're kind of like, "Hey, Scott, ah, right? You doing? Well, how you do know, you? I'm kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about. I think music like." If it's a Busby Berkeley musical, oh, I'm well, I fucking mean, there. Yeah, but I, but I think that it's more like Umbrellas of Cherbourg. It's one of the greatest things I, ever gifted to the to the human race. Okay, well, okay, the, some of the classical stuff, one hundred percent. But some of the newer things, I just can't. Like I've never rent. No, no, but no Jennifer, way. trash, about, absolute trash. But Jennifer, or what about I, like in Magnolia when everyone breaks into Amy Mann? Oh How'd well, that I mean, make I, you feel? no, that, I mean, I I bit that off. I bit that off comple completely. Are you are you in, an insane person? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm so glad you brought that up. That scene in particular, which when I saw Magnolia, I was like. Stop the fucking presses. What did you see? Did you see it at the biograph like I did? Yes, I did. Yeah. All right. Good. And I was like, everybody stop everything. Mm -hmm. What What did I just watch? Yeah. That's a game changer. And I bit off that 100% in Knives and Skin when everybody sings Promises, Promises by Naked yeah. Eyes. That yeah. is, I lifted it entirely. And I have no shame in that no, game. There's none. I there's a lot of little like um smoochy honoring kisses to so many films that I love and so many of my films. But like, yeah, I love I love that I love Magnolia and I love that scene in Magnolia so much. And I one hundred percent um replicated it in Knives and Skin. Is the last scene in Perpetrator a a, a smooch to Trilogy of Terror? No. The last scene with Karen Black. Oh no! I mean, oh well, yeah, with a. I, I don't know. Mm. I I love that one, but. Okay. All right. I, I'm the only one that saw that. Gabe yeah. Gabe loves Trilogy of Terror. Don't you? No, that, that movie scared the hell out of me for the rest of my life. I, I, <laughs> I, I was no. <laughs> you you don't want to talk about horror films? How far did you get in this this particular horror film? I can tell you that I was. I, uh, <laughs> I like I liked your color palette. I can tell you that much because the color on my screen was real nice. Mm. But it's just I'm not into horror films, and I just couldn't get into. And, and I've been working a lot lately. I'm, I'm tired, 
So I, I'm just not into horror movies. But That's fine. I'm, I'm, edu- I'm, I'm educated on this podcast, and I like listening to you talk. I appreciate that. Well, do you have a question, Gabe? Well, I was going to ask two questions. First of all, okay. how how do you know Scott? Because we bring on all these guests, and they mm. talk about their story about how they get going, but nobody knows how you know each other. How did okay. you meet? Okay, so I, I'm I'm really good friends with um, Felix Pinera, who was the oh. editor for a film that I made um, called Signature Move. He Out of edited- the blue, he just sent me a, uh, an email about this now? an hour ago. Yeah. Ah, crazy. So, so Felix who I met through my friend, um, Chris Rohano, who has been a cinematographer for, you know, of mine for a long time, but Felix edited, um, signature move, which is, which is a Chicago based film about a Pakistani Muslim woman who falls in love with a Mexican woman one hot summer in Chicago. And there's mm-hmm. mix, there's like professional wrestling involved and, and wrestling. Um, That's up your alley, Gabe. Uh-huh. See, sounds good. And, and so then Felix uh, directed a local age music video. That's right. He did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that has that stars Michael Shannon, who I who who was listed as an executive producer for Signature Move, also because Brian and Jan, who run New City, are really good friends with michael and kate and that's how actually when we were casting for new city films helped produce knives and skin so when we were um casting for knives and skin you know the brian and jam were like would you do you want to talk to kate errington you know about being in knives and skin i was like yes of course yeah yeah (laughs) you know and she signed up immediately so i actually became I mean, I feel like I'm Kate's Kate's friend. Like, right? Mike is Kate's husband to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, uh-huh. oh, I'm Kate's friend, and I'm like, oh, you brought your husband? That's cute. Thanks. <laughs> um, and so then, you know, fast forward to I screened um, Knives or Night's End, and um, so Felix, my pal Felix, comes to the screening and b- brings Scott. Right. And um, they talked to me afterwards and it's all this kind of just like, oh, we all know all of these, you know, same people. But the funny thing is I was in pre-production for um, Perpetrator and, you know, like a bunch of local H songs were on our list to think about for like adapting I mean, but with a bunch of other stuff. And it was just like this weird serendipity where I was like, oh, gosh. Oh, geez. Like, uh, (laughs) you know, in that moment where you know that sometimes saying to somebody like, we want to use your song and then but it's all it could be more. It's we know it's more complicated than that. So I was like, I had a. Scott's oh, really? stuff was way too pricey for you, as it turned out. Way too pricey. But it was like... See, that doesn't sound right to me. It was, <laughs> but it was this, like, really nice moment of realizing that we all knew a bunch of other people, and I got to have, you know, a, a little fangirl moment that wasn't... It was still kind of professional, where I was like, fan, and yes, 
I've got this other thing that I'm doing and we're, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. So that's how we met in the lobby of the music box, which theater, which like, I mean, that's the best place to meet anybody, you know, anytime. And you're a hero over there. Like, you know, they they love you over there. They really do. And I, I I do not take that for granted at all. I mean, it's just bonkers. I mean, I, you know, Perpetrator got a great review from the Sun-Times, a great Mm. review from the Trib. And those are, I mean, those are like, you know, that's right up there with like the New York Times and the LA Times, which also coincidentally, you know, like- You got a great review. gave, Gave great reviews. Yeah. And- you know, Michael Phillips of like the trip. I, I renewed my, my, my long dormant subscription to the New York times because I wanted to read the review. Oh, I would have said it too, too, but it was like, wasn't that really good? It was like yeah. a really nice review. And, and Michael Phillips has like not loved all of my films and he's, he'll, he'll tell me, you know, he's, he'll like, he, but he won't <laughs> review it. You know, he's like, I didn't love it. I'm not going to say anything. You know, right. like that's kind of his hometown, like politeness. He's like, I'm not going to, I didn't love it. I'm not like, he loved signature move. He did not love knives and skin. And and then he said that perpetrator was like a career high. And he made me a Chicagoan of the year one year, like in 2020 or 2021 or something. So, and I, I never take that, um, you know, Chicago love for granted, you know, like, I think it's a home, it's a, it's a Midwestern thing for us in Chicago to kind of feel like, Oh wow. We're, you know, they were loved because we're here. And that's one, you know, that's 100% not the case. Like we are the third, you know, largest city in the country and we are, we are crushing it on all fronts. And we, we always have, you know, when people ask me when I do industry meetings with people in New York or LA, they always assume I'm in New York or LA. So they're like, okay, so what, you know, like, where are you in New York or LA? Like it's oftentimes still on zoom. And I'm like, Chicago, like You're Chicago, right, right. Chicago, what's going on there? Sleep on whatever you want. You know, like I'm, you know, I'm holding it down still here, you know, 20 years, 20 plus years later in Chicago and I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Right. Well, that's great. That's great. I mean, the Midwest rules. Uh, that's, yeah, that's all there it rules. It. it rules. We rule. Do I know? So we figured we'd do. Uh, well, let's ask. Let's let Gabe ask his second question. Yeah. Uh oh. We need you to don't do want it? to do. <laughs> We're not going to get this one. I'll, <laughs> I'll answer this one. I'll answer quick. I, I can. I can be kind of long-winded, so I'll be quick. No, 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 no. It, it's okay. <laughs> it's I, not. About I was going to save that. I was going to save <laughs> Gabe's question till after we do the thing. Maybe oh, we okay. could end the episode with that question. Oh. But, All right. but you do you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just knew Gabe said I have two questions. So I was waiting for oh. the second question. We can get, we can cut it later if you want to do it now. All right, way. fine. Yeah, what do you want to do? Do it later. Go All ahead. Right. Okay, so Gabe. Well, let's do something, but Gabe, you've got one more question. Sure. The the running question on the podcast for all the guests, mm-hmm. okay. since you're our mm-hmm. guest today. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I don't know which way this is going to go. I don't okay. know either, but I'm fascinated. This is going to be interesting because okay. I don't know where you're going to go on this one. Okay, well, either way. Okay. It, so it could. we have a running question where we ask the guests, if you had to pick between two bands, you can only listen to one or the other. On a deserted island, mm-hmm. which would you pick? The Replacements or Iron Maiden? 
What will Jennifer say? Is she team replacements or is she team Iron Maiden? Will Gabe ever finish Perpetrator? Exactly how much is it to license a local H song? Tune in next week to find the answer to these and many other questions only on the Lifers Podcast. Goodbye.